This is the Detroit Sports Podcast Network. Vito Cherko here from the Detroit Sports Podcast Network for a post-game recap of a Michigan State victory over Bucknell, uh, 82-78, and the first round of some NCAA tournament action. Recording from Little Caesars Arena in the gondola section, my man Joey Yashinsky is along for the ride with me. Not loving the gondola in terms of the height difference from up top here on the fifth floor or something, fifth level, compared to down at the bottom where you were, you know, Mr. Popular and big time Joey Yashinsky of Deadline Detroit, the Horizon League, the Detroit Free Press, any other titles or accolades that you want to mention really quick, Joey? No, I think you pretty much got it, one seat over podcast, but um, yeah, no, this is my first time up here on a gondola, it's very uh, comfortable, very spacious, but very high up, and if you do have any type of fear of heights, you look over to try and watch the game, and you kind of want to take a couple steps back, so next time we're going to do this on, on my turf. Hey, you know what, maybe we will then, I'll allow that to happen, Joey. Now, Michigan State struggled in the first half against the Bucknell Bison. Uh, they scored enough points where they had the lead, 44-40, to 40, but allowing 40 points to Bucknell, 20 points to Zach Thomas. He has some game, showed off some game, but, man, it was not a good defensive first half from Michigan State at all, Joey. Um, no, it was a lot of points. I mean, 44 points to score. You'd think you'd be up double digits, but I think you have to give some credit to Bucknell. I mean, they were making a lot of shots. I thought Michigan State played really sharp offensively in that half. Uh, Winston was really distributing the ball. Jeremy Langford, Josh Langford, sorry, couldn't miss. You know, while, while you'd like to have more than a four-point lead the way that the Spartans were playing in the opening half, I think you had to feel good that their offense was likely to carry over, whereas Bucknell probably couldn't play at that level for 40 minutes. And I think along with uh, the defensive struggles, one of the major issues was the play of Jaron Jackson Jr. The Big Ten Freshman of the Year, the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, only played in seven minutes. Zero points recorded, too, and in foul trouble with two fouls in the first half. So he didn't get himself going. He couldn't really, you know, assert himself defensively where he's best around the rim, rim protecting. And I think that you could attribute MSU's defensive struggles largely to Jaron Jackson not logging many minutes in the first half, Joey. It's a good point, and... I guess it speaks to just how much talent there is on Michigan State that a guy with the pedigree and the season that Jackson had can play such a limited role, and really they don't miss a beat. I mean, you have Nick Ward, uh, Ben Carter play decent off the bench. You have Goins, Bridges has some, you know, an NBA body. It's just a big team. Um, they, they almost look like an NBA team at times, especially against a team like Bucknell, but I guess for Jackson's sake it's almost good to get a stinker out of the way hope that he comes alive in the subsequent rounds but you know to win a championship they're going to need him to play like the player that he was the majority of the year and Josh Langford now you brought him up a little bit already he had 15 in the first half had 22 total points at the end of the game he was MSU's hero in the first half because his scoring contributions really came out of nowhere at least in my opinion Joey yeah, um, I don't think many people came into the game thinking about Langford. He's sort of a forgotten man. People talk about Bridges and Jackson, even Cassius Winston. And, you know, Langford is really, you know, Mr. Steady. And today he was all about the mid-range. To score, you know, 22 or 23 as a guard in college basketball, make one three, it's pretty unusual nowadays. But, you know, he was hitting that 15-footer, barely touching the rim throughout the first half. And really, you know, you could say Bridges was kind of the star of the night, scoring 29, but... Langford is really what got Michigan State going and you know we've seen the last number of years Michigan State early rounds things can be a little bit unsteady so for them to be able to get out to a good start offensively with Langford it was really a big boost from him. 
I'll just say two words to scare MSU fans everywhere. Middle Tennessee. When MSU was a 2C, should have been a 1. It was like the biggest upset until maybe Virginia losing in their first-round matchup here as we're witnessing it at Little Caesars Arena, moving back to MSU and the play of Michigan State in the second half. Miles Bridges turned it on. He showed off that killer instinct, per se, scoring 19 of his 29 points. And I think it showed how big of a gamer, big-time performer he is, whereas... Zach Thomas now of Bucknell, he scored only seven of his 27 in the second half. He wore down and fouled out, and MSU, man, the MSU faithful at LCA, they went wild when he got fouled out, didn't they, Joey? The second half became a little bit wild in the arena. Both teams kind of going at it. Both fan bases seem to be really upset with the officiating, both coaches. But to your point, Bridges was really the star of the night, kind of outlasted Zach Thomas, and really, I think, you know, put to rest at least for the evening, some of the shouts throughout the year, maybe a little overhyped, overrated, is he a top five pick, really played like it tonight. And you get the sense that if he can continue to do this, you know, this whole month of March could be about Miles Bridges. I mean, he might be the story of the tournament. The talent that he put on display tonight, the ability to dunk and get, get into the lane, on the break, make threes with his size. There really is no stopping him if he's playing well, and, and that's what it was tonight. You really couldn't couldn't. Put a, couldn't do anything with him in the second half. So now Miles, he scored all those points in the second half, but MSU still only wins by four. And some of that was a result of just, you know, Bucknell chucking up some shots in the last seconds and making some. But still, not too impressive, and in my opinion, not impressive enough for MSU, a team that was kind of dogged by criticism of not beating anybody real relevant this season, losing to Michigan twice in the Big Ten Tournament semis, having that long layoff. They showed some rust, and with this performance tonight, Joey, it still looks like MSU, man, Struggles against relatively good teams. As Bucknell, hey, made the tournament at least and won the Patriot League and had won eight in a row leading into this matchup. I mean, I think what you said there, um, final score probably not quite indicative of the way that the game was played in the second half. Michigan State was ahead comfortably, you know, 12, 15 points for the majority of the half. Obviously, it kind of got a little hairy late, never really in doubt. Um, you know, some people thought maybe Bucknell was a little bit underseeded. I think some of their players said so after the game. Maybe they thought they could have been an 11 or a 12, so to have to go to Detroit, play Michigan State. But you're right, it wasn't some type of a standout performance to start the tournament. Um, but in March, you kind of just have to you know, survive in advance. That's what it's about. I think Sunday, I'm not sure that either Syracuse or TCU, based on what we've seen tonight, present a major challenge. I would expect them to carry over the momentum and get past that. And then maybe it's that showdown with Coach K. It's Izzo's nemesis. You know, he has a terrible record against him. And, you know, but, you know, in order to win the national championship, you're going to have to beat great teams along the way. And, you know, that's probably what Michigan State's staring at, staring at a handful of days from now. And no offense to Bucknell, but Bucknell's not a great team. Patriot League champion, but what does that really mean in the grand scheme of things? Now, really quick, I wanted to say that maybe MSU didn't face the best test tonight, but... Still, having the game as close as it was, I believe MSU was tested, and it's kind of good to get a game like this out of the way where you are tested a little bit, but, you know, come out on top, obviously, and you're able to show your true colors eventually as the game goes along and you get deeper into the game. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's good to get punched in the mouth and have to bounce back from it. I mean, Bucknell really made a strong run late in the first half, kind of took the lead. Michigan State went right back in front, carried that momentum into the second half, so... I do think it was a good opener for them to be able to be challenged, have to kind of play, you know, a little bit of a, a difficult um, second half, or at least for parts of it. Um, you know, it's always nice to get a blowout, but 
maybe you come in a little lackadaisical in the next game. So they should have the rust off at this point. Um, I like the way that Cassius Winston played at point guard. I mean, to get 10 assists, he's only a sophomore. He really looked like a senior tonight in my eyes. Wasn't really looking for his own shot, and they have so many weapons that he can afford not to, but he's obviously able to score. I think he's really going to be a key. I mean, when Michigan State's won the national championship, it's been with Magic Johnson and Mateen Cleave. So you need great point guard play. He's only a sophomore. I think he has it in him. You know, he's got one out of six performances. He's got five more to go. And how about the family and friends that Cash has had here and really the support from MSU, the MSU faithful? It was a home game for Michigan State. And how much of a factor, Joey, do you think that played tonight for Michigan State in advancing to the second round? Played a huge factor. I mean, I just wrote a story and said that, you know, if this game was November and a neutral site, maybe Bucknell wins the game. But in March in Detroit, there wasn't much chance of that happening. So I, I think it played a, a huge role. I mean, it's 20-some thousand people here, of which 90, 98% were rooting for Michigan State pretty vociferously. So it was a very tall task for Bucknell tonight. I thought they acquitted themselves very well. Um, but, yeah, I, I think being at home, and it's a reward for having a great season, winning the Big Ten championship outright. And so they get to play at home, probably going to win these two games, and you know, we'll see from there. Uh, obviously, uh, the the big big bad uh, Duke waiting in the wings. And, you know, really quick, once again with that crowd, how great it was, the MSU support. Zach Thomas became villain A. I think it was hilarious because this guy probably never got any of this attention during the regular season and during the conference tournament with a lack of attention for the Patriot League. And then he comes here to Little Caesars Arena in downtown Detroit and gets all this attention and negative pub. People are going after him, cheering for him when he fouled out. It was crazy and quite the atmosphere here tonight at LCA, I would say, Joe. Yeah, I think the crowd was out for blood. I mean, I heard uh, the two fan bases really going at it um, to the degree that I saw one Michigan State fan had to be escorted by a couple of police officers really giving it to the Bucknell faithful who weren't happy as the final score was sort of trending in the wrong direction. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you could tell that the Spartan fan base, they're kind of thirsting for a national championship. I mean, it's obviously, um, you know, a blue blood program and really one of the storied college basketball programs in the country. But, you know, it's been almost two decades uh, without a national championship. You know, they got to the championship game at Ford Field. Really wasn't much of a game to speak of. North Carolina kind of won that game in the first five minutes. So, you know, it, it feels like it's been a long time for Izzo and for the fans, and they've obviously had a lot of big wins, Final Fours along the way, but, you know, for programs like this, it kind of does come down to championships. So I, I think the fan base was really excited to be able to support their team in the home state, and, uh, you know, it's not an opportunity that comes all the time. So they, they took advantage of it. And, Joey, maybe Michigan should have been playing here. Won the conference tournament two straight years. John Beeline's Mr. March now. No longer Tom Izzo. <laughs> I mean, people are saying that more and more, the U of M faithful at least is, you know. But on Thursday night, Michigan didn't look the most impressive against Montana. And now that's kind of a, a topic for another day. As I want to get into, what do you think is the biggest X factor for Michigan State moving forward in order to make the Final Four to win a national title, the first since 2000? As Izzo's only won in 2000. It's been a long, long time now. He's made all these Final Fours since. But to get over the hump, to win it all, what do you believe is the X factor for Michigan State? Because I'll just say I believe it's Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah, I mean, I think you might be right about that, maybe too. Uh, a little bit of a larger extent, maybe just the overall defensive effort because uh, this team has enough weapons on offense. Bridges can get a shot anytime he wants. Cassius really shot the ball really well this year. Langford obviously starts the tournament out hot. Nick Ward is a threat in the post. But they're not, you know, at least tonight, they're not the Tom Izzo lockdown defensive team 
that really those early 2000s teams were really strong on the glass. So, you know, if they can combine that defensive tenacity with the offense that we know they have capable of scoring 80, 90 points, you know, this could very well be a Final Four team. I I thought what I saw tonight, um, just the the way that Bridges played, the way that Cassius led, uh, to me it looks like this team is ready to get back to the Final Four. And, Joey, I'm ready to get the heck out of here at Little Caesars Arena. Great day, long day, great atmosphere here at Little Caesars Arena. And we'll be here on Sunday again for some second-round action. Michigan State set to take on either TCU or Syracuse. Should be fun. And I will see you there, Joey. Adios. Thank you, Vito. See you Sunday. That was Joey Yashinsky of Deadline Detroit, the Detroit Free Press, the Horizon League. So many different titles and accolades that Joey Yashinsky has accumulated over his long, long lifespan. Uh, he's not that old of a dude, actually, okay? So I don't want to make him sound old. He's not. He's very vibrant, and he has a kid on the way, so good luck to him with that. And congratulations to him and his wife on that note. I also had the chance to chat with Jaron Jackson Jr., the Big Ten Freshman of the Year and Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year uh, as part of the post game. And here is that chat with the stud freshman, Jaron Jackson Jr. Jaron, what was the crowd like? How would you describe the crowd that you had here in Detroit? Um, it was electric, really, you know, especially in a neutral arena. Even though we're close to home, sometimes, you know, you don't always know. But they were. it was full green in that crowd today, and I loved it. Why did Bucknell make it so tough for you guys tonight? Uh, they just played hard, you know. They came into the game, probably looked at as the underdog, and they wanted to prove a point, which is what I would have done too, and they just they played with their hearts. You had some foul trouble tonight. What do you have to do to curtail that going into Sunday? I uh, just got to be smarter in the first half, you know. Uh, luckily, I didn't foul out, which is rare. So I was able to stay in the game, but, you know, early fouls, just got to learn to play with my hands up. How tough was that Zach Thomas from Bucknell too? Oh, he's a great player. You know, he he did his thing probably like 20 in the first half. He just, he was doing his thing. That was Jaron Jackson Jr., the stud freshman. And now here's my chat with MSU sophomore and truly the team leader, the go-to scorer in crunch time, Miles Bridges. You had 10 points in the first half. You got it going offensively in the second half. What made the difference for you in the second half? Yeah, we're executing. Um, our defense really got us going. Our break was on. But it, it was really just my teammates getting me the ball. What did Bucknell do tonight to make it tough for you guys at times? They're very active on offense and defense, um, especially on the defensive end. Um, They're making great shots, and they're executing on offense. And that was all she wrote for this special edition of the Detroit Sports Podcast Network. Follow the DSP Network always, always, always on Twitter at Detroit Podcast. And you can check out all of our work, all of the podcasts that come out daily and weekly at DetroitSportsPodcast.com. And you can also follow me if you would like to make me feel good at the end of the night on Twitter by following at Vito Jerome. Thank you much, guys, for all the time, and I'll talk to you once again on Sunday for some second-round action from Little Caesars Arena. Bye-bye.